Slot the hogs, have the trees, feed the chickens, check the bees, aquaponics off the grid, solar power, feed the kids, firewood, rabbit stew, vermiculture garden. Two, that's the life on the homestead as we know it. That's the life on the homestead as we know it. On homesteadmentorradio.com. Hey, so uh, happy Wednesday, everyone. This is Doug Dillon, your, uh, what did I label myself as yesterday? Your homestead mentor and food security champion. So that's me. And with me tonight is our fearless dog, Willow. Um, Willow is a little tiny thing that barks at her own shadow and especially barks at herself in the reflection. So she's joining me tonight. So if she starts to bark, then we'll just have to deal with that. Um, yep, so welcome, Wednesday. I'm cutting down my ums in half again today. I think I started with 100% ums on day one. I cut that down 50% for um, day two, and I'm hoping to cut the ums down 50% for day three. So let's, uh, let's root for that. So tonight, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. One is a thought that has been on my mind as of late, and I thought I would share it and get some some feedback. It's just a, it's just a thought exercise. I'm not saying this is the gospel or this is doctrine or anything like that, but my thinking goes something like this: the closer we are to God's creation, the closer we are to truth. And what started this. Um, there's an um, but what started this thought was my interest in herbal medicine. And, you know, when you take a look at herbal medicines, which are very popular among homesteaders, it's something that we can grow to treat ourselves. But when you think about that, you, you know, it's inevitable that you think, well, what are the active ingredients in the herb that is doing whatever it's doing? And a common one is, interestingly enough, willow. Uh, The bark of the willow tree, I believe, was synthesized to make aspirin or to make um, a painkiller, right? So they synthesized one of the the chemicals, the active ingredient within the the willow branch or the bark uh, or twig, and, and made a painkiller. But there are many um, herbalists that will tell you that you can't really do that. When you start trying to isolate active ingredients, then there are all sorts of uh, factor interactions that are lost, and we just don't know the magic of what God created. So when we start trying to compare an isolated active ingredient to the placebo and we don't see much of a difference, then they they say that the herbal medicines don't work. Which actually leads you to thinking about the placebo, which I'm a huge fan of. And stay with me. By the way, we're going to get to the broccoli model tonight. I'm going to talk through the broccoli model. And it's kind of a uh, prelude to the video that I'll probably do and publish or uh, post this Saturday. 
But give me a couple minutes to get to the broccoli model. Let me finish this thought because I'm interested in, in if if this makes sense to anyone or maybe this isn't new to me and it's you know old hat and someone can point me in the direction of someone who's much more eloquent about it than I am that uh, can help me crystallize my thoughts here. But the placebo effect is very interesting because if simply thinking that I'm being treated actually improves my circumstance, not just psychologically, but uh, demonstrates an improvement uh, physiologically, then there's some power there, right? Which then leads me to, well, what's the placebo effect? Isn't that sort of a stand-in for faith? Okay, so I know I'm making some big leaps here, but it seems to me that the closer we are to God's creation, the closer we are to truth. What I mean by that is, back in biblical times, and even in, in modern times, there will be people who have been claimed that they've been healed by faith. Well, I don't think I have that kind of faith. I think it, those people do. You know, Jesus said if you had faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains, right? What if you don't have the faith of a mustard seed? I'm not moving mountains. I'm not curing myself. But somewhere between the faith of a mustard seed in just believing that God will cure me or move the mountain, I use an intercessory, in this case, an herb. Now, that herb is closer to God than, let's say, um, oxycodone. I think that's what's called, oxycotton, oxycodone, whatever. The herb is closer to God than oxycodone because... It, God created it, right? So my leap, or my on-ramp, if you will, to faith, that faith, is in the herb. And in the, in the faith, or the belief that that herb, a creation of God, um, is a cure. And hang on, she's still barking at me. Yeah, she's barking because she heard a sound. Anyway, so... So... <laughs> this is not going to be... This is not going to be easy. Willow, come on. Cut it out. Will you, cut, will you cut it out for me? Come on. Cut it out. Just lay down. It's okay. It's just all that you see is you. It's just you. All right. So where was I? So if you think about our food and what we eat and how it, it provides the body with nutrition, then uh, the same thing. And if you believe that that food is powering your body and is giving you health, then, then you'll get health. So anyway, I just want to I just throw that out there that the closer we are to God's creation, the closer we are to truth. I think the further we get when we get into pharmaceuticals and we get into um, really high tech stuff. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. In my head, I'm not saying I'm not reached a point where I think there's anything wrong with it. I just think that it means it's the further we are from God's truth, 
and actually the more complicated we see we are making things and we're on a trajectory to make things even more and more complicated which means we're pushing ourselves further and further away from him and the sad thing is in a lot of ways i think that we're doing so in search of him when really he's he's right here so um i don't know if that makes sense to anybody but just throwing it out there comments if you have comments you can go out to homesteadmentor.com and go out to uh, on the home page you'll see um, a button or, or the menu item for radio and click that and when you click that um, go to today's show so to February 3rd 2021 and you'll see show notes and if you're using the dissenter browser and you click on the dissenter browser and click on the live chat tab then you will have you'll be able to chat I'll be able to see what your if you have any questions again at sometime in the not so distant future we will we will uh, have a live uh, call-in and we'll have guests. Until then, we will just stick with the, the chat window. And there's a chat window there. And on the MixLR app, there is also a chat window. So I will open that one now. There we go. So if you are here and you would like to discuss, feel free to uh, drop something into the one of those two chats and I should see it if I don't get too caught up in what I'm doing. Okay. So the next thing I want to do is we want to talk about the broccoli model. And in the show notes are all of the, um, all of the inputs and all of the formulas or the variables. Okay. So we're going to walk through the broccoli model and why this is important or what this is, is, um, my goal or my project is to this year produce all of the food that my family needs from or by raising it or growing it on the farm. I recognize that the that's a huge task. We're not going to grow sugar, although we'll probably will have to purchase sugar. And there's some things we'll we'll have to purchase, but um, the vast majority. Um, and who knows? Maybe we will change our sugar to honey. We do have bees. And maybe we will focus on getting enough honey. But there are some of the staples like salt and things of that nature that we will continue to, to buy or trade for. But the, the primary um, ingredients in our breakfast, lunches, dinners, and probably snacks should be produced on the farm. That's the goal. That's what we're driving for. In order to do that, um, we needed to build a number of models to determine how much of each thing we need. And then based on how much of each thing we need, how much space do we need in order to produce that. And then if it's something that itself eats, like chickens or uh, pigs or cows, how much hay or grain is required in order to feed them and how much space you need to do that. So that's basically what we're mapping out here. We've already done the green bean model and we've done the carrot model. And you can take a look at those on the uh, TV show. So if you're on the, the homepage, 
just click on the TV menu button and that will take you to our Gab TV channel where we've posted those, uh, those two videos. And again, t this weekend I will probably post a similar video that goes into maybe even a little more detail on this broccoli model. Of course, it'll certainly be visual. Okay, having said all of that, let's walk through the model. And so the first question we're gonna ask ourselves, and by the way, the whole idea behind these models is so that I can, the variables, we can adjust as we learn and we can adjust for each individual. So if you wanna take this model, you're welcome to. In fact, I hope to produce this in such a way that I could give you a spreadsheet or, or like a workbook or something so you could fill this out yourself. It may be a PDF document that you could uh, fill out yourself and, and arrive at what your um, inputs would need to be. But the first input is how many times per week are we going to eat broccoli? Well, believe it or not, in this family, we like broccoli. I'm a big fan of broccoli, and my seven-year-old, uh, Silas, is a huge fan of broccoli, and Joey is a huge fan of broccoli, and Lucy um, are, is a huge fan of broccoli. So three of my five kids really like broccoli. The other two don't mind it. So actually, I think Toby is a fan, so maybe everyone likes it. My wife probably likes it the least. But anyway, we're going to eat it once a week. So if we're going to eat broccoli one time a week, how many weeks are there in a year? Yeah, that's right, 52. So that means we're going to serve broccoli 52 times in, the, in, in our year. How many servings do we need? That's my next question. So when you think of a serving, you think of an adult serving size, how many of those would we need to provide? Well, even though my kids like broccoli, um, they're still younger, so they probably would eat less than a full uh, adult serving. And so we have a two-year-old and a five-year-old who certainly won't eat an adult serving. So we, we pretty much decided that we're going to have five and a half servings per instance. So if we're eating broccoli 52 times a year, and each time we eat broccoli, we need five and a half servings, that means we need 286 total servings for the year. Right, so 52 times 5.5 is 286. So there's 286 servings of broccoli we need in order to feed my family broccoli once a, once a uh, week. Okay, now the next question. What is a serving size? So we look this up, and I don't know. Um, one of the things I'll be doing is uh, next time I feed broccoli, I'm going to pay very close attention to how much is actually being consumed. But a serving size, according to the books, is one cup. One cup of broccoli. So if one cup of broccoli is required for 286 servings, that means we need 286 cups of broccoli. Now, next question is how much broccoli does a, the average broccoli plant yield? Well, again, research that I've done, and there's certainly ways that you can increase the probability of hitting this target, and there are ways of not hitting this target. I have not been the best broccoli grower, so it'll be interesting to see what we get this year. But, of course, I'll be paying a lot more attention 
to the broccoli this year because it's it's more meaningful. But the according to the the literature that I found, uh, three and a half cups. So you might get a first harvest, and then the two offshoots, you might be able to get another harvest that probably wouldn't equal the, the same as the first. But all in, in all of the harvests or all the cuttings, you would get three and a half cups of broccoli per plant. So if I have 286 servings that I need for the year, and I'm going to get three and a half servings per plant, 286 divided by 3.5 is 82. So I need 82 broccoli plants. 82. But I fully recognize that, especially since we're using heirloom seeds, I fully recognize that not every seed will germinate, and not every seed that germinates will make it out of the uh, sunroom or the grow room into the field, right, or into the garden. So I'm actually going to, to multiply. I have a plant factor, which is 100%. So I want, in addition to the 82 plants that I need, I want to increase that by 100% or uh, 163 um, seeds that I'll start. Now, I know 82 plus 82 is not 163. It's 164, but the 82 is actually 81 point something. And uh, anyway, the bottom line is we're going to put 163 seeds into the starting mix to, to to start here in the sunroom. Now, I don't want to occupy my garden with a whole bunch of plants that I don't need. I'm expecting I'm going to have some losses in the starting room, and I'm going to have some plants that just don't germinate in the starting room. So uh, if they all made it, I would thin them. Now, what I might do is give them away, but I would thin them in some way down to 60% of my actual need. So if I needed 82 plants and I'm going to trim that down to 60% or trim that down to plus 60%, so it's 82 plus 82 times 60%, which equals 131. So I'm going to grow 131 plants. That's what I'll actually put in the ground. The difference again between the 163 and the 131 is the 163 is what I'm going to start. My hope is, is that um, 131 of those survive and make their way out to the field. But they might not. And that's why I put these factors in there. There's uh, Or these variables, that's why they're there. Okay, now, uh, according to our research, a broccoli plant requires one foot of uh, row foot to grow. So the spacing is about a foot, which means we can plant all of the 131 plants in 131 feet of row space. Now you can do wide rows. So if you have two wide rows or, or two, two rows in a wide uh, in a bed or three in a bed, that's fine. but it's 131 row feet. And in our garden, we um, have 50 foot by 100 foot rows. So they're, they're 50 feet, no, not 50 feet by 100 feet rows, but they're 50 foot, lo 50 foot long rows. Uh, and the gardens are 100 feet wide. Which means 
If we have 131 feet that are required divided by 50, it means we would need 2.6 rows of broccoli to satisfy the family's need for broccoli. So I hopefully I'm not boring you to death, but if you have any interest at all in, in producing the food that you need to produce to feed yourself or your family, you have to plan for it. And you can sp spend many years just by trial and error, and eventually you'll get there and you'll know. You'll learn a lot of lessons along the way. Or you can shortcut that by taking information that's available to you, recognizing that that information is not exact. It's, it's, it's not going to be precise. There are too many variables to determine that you're actually going to get three and a half cups for a plant. And who knows, you know, in your area, you may not even want to grow broccoli. You may live in a, a, a that you can't bro grow broccoli uh, very effectively. So, you know, how, how much water do you get and how much time do you have to be able to tend to your garden? There's so many things that come into play. Uh, diseases that are, are uh, in your garden or in your local area. Did you get the right variety of seed for your area? There, just there's so many different things that come to play. That, but if you get, this is your baseline, right? I'm looking at, at this is my baseline. If what I come back with over the course of the next, you know, couple of weeks or months that really my family doesn't eat five and a half servings of broccoli and I start paying very close attention to how many cups of broccoli we're serving and how many cups of broccoli we're throwing away or not throwing away. And then, and by the way, throwing away means to go to the pigs or chickens or whatever, but, um, or the compost pile, I can then adjust my, my model. The same thing is true with when I get my yield. If my yield isn't three and a half cups per plant, maybe it's four, maybe it's two, maybe it's one, then I can adjust my model for next year. But rather than trial and error for many years, it's really more start with a baseline and tweak it and, and inform it and I'm, I'll shorten that learning curve, right? So I hope that makes sense. Let's see, was there anything else I wanted to cover? You know, I want to plug, I want to plug Gab, the Gab group. So there's a Gab group called Homestead Mentor. There's three of us there right now. <laughs> um, one of the three is me. And, uh, but we're growing, right? Start off as one. And I've not, I've not, uh, the only thing I post in there are, are these, um, the radio show and the videos that I've done. But as the community starts to, to build up, we'll use the Gab group as kind of that uh, central um, town square, if you will. And then uh, plug the Gab TV show. So again, both of these are on the Homestead Mentor homepage. In the menu, if you go to community, I think it is, that takes you to the Gab group. And if you go to TV, it takes you to the Gab TV. And then the other menu items that are out there are journal, which is really um, kind of what I'm doing day to day to work towards this plan. And then radio, which is uh, where we house all these radio shows. So come check us out. Follow us on, on Gab. If you're hearing this because you are, I think we're syndicated now on 
a couple of podcast platforms. Let me tell you, Anchor FM, Anchor.fm, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. Although I think Spotify owns Anchor. But if you're picking us up on one of those and you have heard bad things about Gab, just check it out for yourself. It's I found nothing but, well, mostly good people. And there's jerks everywhere, but you can block them and you can mute them. And I've found them far and few between. I'm sure if you went looking in some groups, you could find some really um, disturbing posts and people. I'm guessing that would be true. It's a free speech platform. Uh, so unless what you're doing and saying is illegal, they're not going to stop you from saying it. But it doesn't mean I have to listen to it. It doesn't mean you have to listen to it. Most of the people I, I've come across are are very polite and and uh, engaging. So anyway, plug for Gab. I think that's all I wanted to talk about today. And again, I thank you for listening. And give me feedback on my thought. I'll probably continue to explore that in future episodes. Because I think, for me at least, there's something there that really God gives us so many opportunities, so many on-ramps to him that the easiest is just faith. And when I say the easiest, it's probably the most difficult for us. But the easiest is just faith. The, the, the people of, of deep faith can do incredible things without a lot of resource. But then there are most of us who our faith requires some part of his creation in order for us to make a connection. And he, and he provides that to us. And then for others, our faith requires something that man made. And again, I think the further we get away from what he created, the further we are from him. So I would encourage you to, to give me some feedback on, on those thoughts and if, uh, if I'm a heretic there, let point it out. Or if it's something that uh, strikes a chord with you, then um, let me know. Okay, so tonight we're going to go out with, uh, I'll get some new music. We're going to go out with Bach Prelude in C Major. And thank you again for uh, joining me tonight.